It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we have got for you a breakdown of Duke Tobin's press conference that was aired live on Periscope. Go check that out. It's going to be on the Bengals webpage. Last time they did this with Zach Taylor, it was also on the YouTube page, I think. But for sure, if you go to the Bengals Twitter page, you can see the video of Duke Tobin's press conference via Zoom. Joe's got your summary of that in the first part of the show. Second segment of the show, we get into a mailbag. Just one segment for the mailbag this week, because for the third segment, you can listen to the Locked On NFL Network's mock draft. We've got for you the first few picks of the draft, including our pick. I'm sure many of you have already listened to it, but if you haven't heard it, you'll get to hear that clip at the end of the show, including a profile from some others on what they think of the Bengals picking Joe Burrow. But let's get into Duke Tobin's comments before we go to the mailbag. With just one week to go until the NFL draft kicks off, Cincinnati Bengals director of player personnel Duke Tobin met with local media via Zoom and updated them on where they stand with that number one pick, the depth of this class, and everything else that you need to know with just seven days to go. This is our Locked On Bengals lead story of the day. I am your host, Joe Goodberry. The questions largely surrounded the number one pick, mostly pertaining to LSU quarterback Joe Burrow and Duke Tobin took it in stride, was very complimentary of the quarterback, calling him a winner, a leader, someone who takes the challenge of being challenged, and that's the mark of good NFL players. He also mentioned that the team is trying to build a winner first and foremost, and that if they didn't select Joe Burrow, and if they could put a winner on the field, then it doesn't matter who they'd pick, number one. And I think this was a response to a question pertaining to if the Bengals didn't select Joe Burrow, the fan backlash, because everyone expects them to do it at this point. And um, does that come into play at all when discussing their picks? And he quickly shot that down. But I, I think everything showed the way he talked about Joe Burrow. I think everything showed that the pick is in. They're ready to move on, uh, using their allotted time with Burrow. The other interesting thing is he showed us the video of what it looks like in his draft room. He's out on a, looks like an enclosed porch in the backyard, and he's got three screens, one for communicating with the rest of the team and, and I guess the other decision makers on the team, Zach Taylor being one of them. Another computer screen for submitting the official pick to the NFL. And they said they'll use a Microsoft app to do so. So that'll be interesting that, that that's going to be out just in time to do that. They're doing a 
dry run mock draft with the rest of the league to make sure there's no hiccups, which I wonder how that works, right? Do they have just player A, B, or are you actually selecting Joe Burrow? I don't think that's the case at all, but that would be very interesting to see how they tried to play the game that way. And then he showed another screen where he'll watch the, the draft, as we all are, but there's a camera right next to it. And that is given to him by the NFL to keep an eye on him and, or to maybe get patched in whatever they want to. And I find that very interesting because uh, I wonder if we'll get looks at GMs more than normal through this draft process while it's televised on TV. And we'll get looks in, live look-ins to uh, Duke Tobin. He also joked that maybe it's in order to make sure he is the only person in that room because obviously you can't have the entire team in there with you making decisions during the coronavirus pandemic. I also found it interesting when he started to talk about the receiver class. He was asked about it as being one of the historic or very strong classes. And I think he kind of pulled back a little bit from that and said it is a, quote, solid receiver group. But if you're looking for specific types of receivers, it starts to thin out a little bit. And we've talked about this on the podcast that if you need a slot receiver, there's a bunch of them. The Bengals don't need one. So you start to cut off a lot of these guys. And then you have a lot of big physical possession catch guys. And I think the Bengals have that in Auden's hate. So what do they really need, right? They probably need a number one type guy that's got some speed to burn and can win one-on-one matchups. And I think when you look at that group, it gets much thinner. He talked a lot about receivers, and it was asked a few times, is that a position of need? And he says, basically, I think every position is a position of need on this team. And if the right guy is there that you feel can help you, that's probably going to be your pick. But he also said... They're not going to reach for a need at 33. If there's a guy still there with a first-round grade, and he said, if if I knew the first 32 picks, I know who we're taking at 33 already. So that's how prepared they are. But I think the idea that the receiver could be the pick there comes from if you look at this class and look how strong it is and look at the, the depth, if it is a truly historic class, there's going to be likely a wide receiver that's the best player available when the Bengals are on the clock at 33, unless some very strong run happens at that position, right? So he, he went over that. Uh, he got into some, some other things about how they're dealing with medicals and how they're going to handle that in this year where you don't get all of the information you normally would. You can't get your your doctors to give these guys physicals in person. He said they're getting releases, medical releases of their history. And they're analyzing those and going over those with, with team doctors. And then if a guy has an injury and they haven't been able to get a full physical from him, how has he recovered? So they're getting videos submitted to them from players and then analyzing those videos to see if the player has rehabbed and recovered from that. So a lot of fun stuff from that interview. I don't think he gave away too much, but just enough to let us know that Burrow is still the pick and they doesn't have any concern with him taking over the team as quarterback. And then, again, I think we should expect a wide receiver earlier than the outside world believes. There's your summary of the Duke Tope Presser coming up next. Mailbag time. Last weekend mailbag before the draft, but don't worry if you don't get your question in. You can drop by on Twitch tomorrow where we will be doing our finalization of the big board. Joe and I will make sure we tweet about that once we have the times set up. And we'll do some extra bonus mailbags next week as we lead into the draft. Unless news breaks, which I don't know, I sort of expect, we'll hear that the Bengals are going to draft Joe Burrow sometime next week. But for today... We have a mailbag for you coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's mailbag time. Weekend mailbag time. And I assume we're going to do a lot of mailbags or answer questions for the next 10 days probably leading up to the draft, post-draft, because that is usually a fun one for the what-ifs and whys and the hows and the yada yadas. Uh, but today we've got, I think, people one week away are ready for some alternatives or some ideas on, on, on what to do with their own situation. First question, though. Tyler Olson, T.O. Show 24. If we were picking seventh, who would be your top target, Jake? Oh, man. A wide receiver, probably, like uh, C.D. Lamb or uh, or a Jerry Judy. Those would be pretty fun. Because then you could do what you did last year and then try to get your quarterback, or not last year, the last time the Bengals drafted a quarterback and get your wide receiver, then get your quarterback and kind of take that approach. Who else would, would be an option up there? A tackle, for it, sure? Yeah. 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 Right. You tell me you get Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Jedrick Wills, or Mekhi Becton there to, to add to this O-line. Whew. But I guess I'm already thinking in my mind that we'd have Burrow. That's not the case. I guess you wouldn't have I, the quarterback. The argument would be, well, two will fall because there seems like some steam behind that lately. And is Justin Herbert worthy of the risk-reward at quarterback? Yeah. And we've, we've said on this show that the Bengals like Herbert most likely more than Tua for quite some time. So if it's the Bengals and Herbert's still there, I think they probably would go Herbert at that point, especially because they know him from the senior bowl. But I think mm. there's a really strong argument to be made for the tackles and for some of the top of the class wide receivers, Joe. Yeah. I, I also would be with the tackles quarterback receivers would be the spot. Um, I don't think, no, we should mention Isaiah Simmons. I, I know linebacker, but he's more than that. Yeah. But there was also a quote, uh, I think it was Bob, uh, Bob McGuinn, anonymous scout quote that said he's a linebacker. So there's the value there of, of not really fitting top 10, but also uh, I'm not sure what I do with them in, in terms of, you know, having a, a position. Some guys see that as a negative. I think some coordinators see that as a positive. And in our case, I'd love to have that. Yeah. I think it depends on how creative you can get with him. And Lou Anarumo has shown creativity, mostly with the front seven guys, but you know, Sean Williams playing a lot of linebacker. They're playing a lot of extra defensive backs last year. We just got so used to them never playing more than five defensive backs. They, they would go yeah. nickel at their lightest. And now with Lou Anarumo, they're actually playing a lot of dime. They're playing a lot of six defensive backs with an extra safety, sometimes an extra corner. So, I think that it's taking some getting used to even for us to say, well, we're not necessarily using our back seven personnel the same as we used to. Right. And uh, my shadow team picks seventh. And I think we have a question on that if you want to go in that direction. Yeah. Speaking of our shadow teams, Corbin Gearhart asks, will you do a segment on shadow drafts before the draft next week? What are y'all looking for for your teams and what people starting out should try to target? Thanks. I think we're going to, oh, I'm sorry to jump in there. I think we're going to do a full mock draft of a shadow team. I think you guys should do this if you're playing along. Figure out where you pick. Uh, I pick seventh. The Panthers own the seventh pick, so I, I'll go to the draft network or whatever, whatever you like. I'll pick the Panthers, and I'll try and, I've done a few, quite a few mock drafts to try and prepare myself. I'm looking for Jeffrey Okuda, Tristan Wirfs, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, I, I don't know if any of them will be there. I'm hoping, you know, one of them, which should happen, and if that, if 
one of those three there, that's who I'm taking. Yeah. So we will we'll plug both of our picks in. We're picking at different spots in the first round, and we'll make our respective picks for our team. We can also talk about what you should try to target starting out. I mean, it's just a team-building question at that point. Yeah. What do you think are the most valuable positions on a football team? Well, what the analytics would tell you is quarterback by a large margin, followed by cornerback, followed by, I think, wide receiver and tackle yeah. is, is the mix of positions that you start with. Uh, you, if you want to go quarterback and just say, you know what, this year I'm going to build quarterback. I'm going to build offensive line as well as I can. And if I can get any BPA followers that I really like, I'll take them too. I didn't have a quarterback though. And so for me, well, I drafted Dwayne Haskins last year. So I still have to answer the question of, do I want to give Dwayne Haskins a second year? Uh, yeah, or do you're, I wanna... you, you're in the Redskins situation. It's tough. Cause if, uh, if you're a real NFL team, you always unless you're the Cardinals, I guess, with the new coach, you always give the kid a second year. And mm-hmm. Haskins was pretty young, right? He wasn't old oh, yeah. coming out. So he, he definitely has a chance to take a big step this year. So we'll, we'll talk about that at some point next week. I feel like we've done a lot of the Bengals mock draft scenarios at this point, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if you guys – and you can let us know. Would you rather hear us do another Bengals mock draft? We do need to do, I guess, our final predictive that- – like what we yeah. think the Bengals will do mock, but I think that comes outside of a simulator. That's just us projecting the picks. I agree. Yeah. We'll probably do that Wednesday, right? Yeah. And maybe Wednesday that runs in the Thursday morning. I don't know. Um, because we'll also be doing something for the live draft also. So we'll figure that all out uh, and figure out when's the best time to do that. But yeah, our final mock will be what we think will happen. Yeah. Well, I think Wednesday, Wednesday night. is okay. a good idea for that one. That's what we'll do then. Next question is from Greg Borchers. How crazy do you do it? How crazy do you think this draft is going to be? We aren't really getting the leaks this year, like in years past. The scouts aren't chatting at airport bars, and draft picks have less info. I think we're going to see picks that leave people shocked. We're starting to see this a little bit in mock drafts. You're seeing Jordan Brooks in the first round of mock drafts. Pete Schrager, and I think we talked about this yesterday, had Jordan Brooks in the first round of his latest mock draft. You're starting to see some guys that like, oh, maybe. Maybe there is some information getting out to some people because they're seeing some late risers in a big way. But there are some real wild cards too because, you you know, we don't have the injury. Like Brian Edwards supposedly is going to be fine. And and a bunch of guys today, they said you had six, you know, NFL teams cleared these four players, including LaVisca Chanel for successful core injury repair. Mm -hmm. And so who knows? I I think that's a really good question. We're going to see. Natani Muti is a great example of a guy who dominant in the time he played, but hasn't played much in the last few years. If teams think he's healthy, he has a huge range from the second round all the way down to the fifth round. Right. And Duke Tobin did answer a question on hearing players rise and fall, especially at this stage. And he, he says that's all because the media is late to hearing about a player. So I think this is right. Greg's right on this. You're not getting the interaction as much as possible of scouts talking to each other, of coaches talking to each other, of agents talking to each other and spreading and sharing information. So I think we're all, not only that, but I think the teams could be ranking players a little bit differently this year. It's heavily focused on film, which probably it should be, but you know, normally there are other influences in that. But Duke Tobin said those are normally crafted or or, um, a result 
of the media catching on late. He says, our grades are finalized for a while. And really, they just get moved slightly based on measurements and testing and medical. Medical maybe more than, than the rest of those. But they pretty much know where a guy is slotted. And it's just because it leaks out that, oh, Jordan Brooks is really high for a lot of teams. Peter Schrager finds out he could go in the first round. And I think that's where probably the majority of teams always had them. I also think there's another aspect to it. And it becomes like a, a virtual bidding for a player's services. So say, take John Ross, for example. Everyone liked him as a top of round two pick. Then he runs a 4-2-2, and you go, hmm, so he's not going to be there in the top of round two. How much do we like him? Are we willing to take him at 15 if we can trade back? Are we? And every team that picks, if they're 18, if they're 20, if they're 25, they're starting to go, okay, so we won't get him with our next pick. Is he worth our current pick where we're slotted? And you have to value that with every single player. You have to answer the question, is he worth where we're currently sitting? And I think that's how players start to get moved up a little bit is there's a jockey, jockeying? Is that the right word here? Yeah, maybe, for position on that guy. And it may not be directly talking to each other, but it's almost like a virtual feeling out of each other. Well, we don't have, you know, you don't know who's going to whose pro days. They're all mm -hmm. getting, if these players are doing their own pro days, every NFL team is getting it. So you, you, you don't have, you know, the Bengals went to Alabama's pro day and they really spent a lot of time talking to Trayvon Diggs. Like right. that's not a report that is possible this year. And, and it gave certainly some insight last year, the top 30 visits. We have no idea. Right. And, and we didn't get very much from the Bengals on this last year. So we were really relying on our Bengals archetypes to try to predict who, who the Bengals targets were. And I think it's going to be largely the same this year. Yeah, I agree on that. And uh, I think there will be some surprises, Greg. I think there's going to be more than a few, especially once we get into the 20s. Yeah, the first round could be pretty wild. Our last question for today's mailbag, Joe, comes from The Burrow at Tracy McBrady. Thanks for the question, Tracy. If the NFL season were canceled before the draft, but the draft went on as scheduled, would it impact your draft process or who you would pick? Sure. I guess that could happen. Uh, I think teams would still be trying to sign those players because you'd have their rights of the guys you drafted for a year. So I imagine players would still sign their contracts and be on the team. So I guess the impact would be guys that maybe won't be healthy right away. Maybe Tua comes up a little more because you're, you're forced to sit them for a season. Uh, maybe it would be guys that are a little bit older. Maybe Joe Burrow turning 24 as a rookie that would now turn 25 in his de facto rookie year. Maybe that would have an impact on where you, you slot some of these guys. There's a lot of players. Um, Mike Renner, who we had on this week, listed a bunch of players that will turn 24 before the, the season kicks off. I mean, I would knock those guys down a half a round, if not two rounds, you know, in that range based on being 24. Their prospects are uh, much lower. Now, if you want to turn that to 25 because we're missing a year, yeah, I think that could have an impact. Yeah, I think that the hardest question for me would be, do you still draft Joe Burrow? at number one overall, if you know that you're not going to get the 2020 season, because of that, then, like you said, by the time he, he starts games for you, he's going to be 24 turning 25 next year. Mm -hmm. What, what do you do there, Joe? Well, I don't know, I guess. And you have to think year two of a quarterback is really when we should see the window open and have a legit shot. Right. So we're talking season 25, 26 and, yeah, things get a little dicey there, and players want to accrue a season. It would be weird for, in a lot of ways. I don't know. I still would probably draft as normal because I can't be for certain what the outcome would be. 
you know, so adding in other factors that can make me influence a, a bad decision, I think I would still try to draft as normal and see what comes out in a year because I'm not sure of how the impact would, would negatively affect everyone. I really struggle to figure out if I think Joe Burrow would be the right pick if this NFL season is canceled. That, I think that part of the question, a really difficult question for me because, because of the age right. factor. Isn't that part of the factor already, though, when we made that decision? We were asking a couple months ago is, you're not really drafting the best guy now if Tua gets cleared. You're drafting who's going to be the best quarterback in two or three or four years. And I think it gets much closer at that point if we assume Tua will remain healthy as an NFL player. Well, I think missing the year of development while he's 23 turning 24 is, is what I'm thinking about here. And and it's hard to imagine what the NFL, NFL uh, practice and training programs would be like. Do they right. do anything? Do they... And this is why it's really hard to imagine canceling the entire season. I, mm-hmm. It's just there's so many knock-on effects if they don't play at all. I just uh, have a really hard time getting my head around it. And then we don't know what would happen to the draft the following year. One question mm-hmm. I have, since it sounds like college football is more likely to be canceled or pushed back than pro football right now, is are, are there going to be a big wave of guys that enter the supplemental draft? That's sure. something I'm thinking about. That's something I that thought would... about yesterday. Like Dylan Moses, is is he a guy that would come out now, knowing that mm. he doesn't get to play this year at Alabama just to just to get into the NFL at this point? Because if he's in the supplemental draft, he's probably a second, third round pick. Sure, similar to maybe Mod Brooks, who the Bengals yeah. took in the in the third round of supplemental. Uh, would Bengals still own the first pick in that? In the supplemental draft, I believe yeah. so. I think they do until the waiver wire resets week four, right? Yeah, and the supplemental draft is before, before that, obviously. That. Yeah, it's in the summer. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing is I read a report today that expect the schedule to be out the first week of May, and it'll have a very clear divide in it, like no um, divisional games in the first half of the season and all the divisional games in the second half, just in case they need to cut it in half and say, okay, uh, we can't start until week Eight, here we go. This is what the schedule will look like. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting, wouldn't it? They would get like just the divisional games and maybe a couple extra conference games. You probably wouldn't play any NFC right. opponents. Mm. Well, let's just hope it doesn't come to that. Let's uh, let's get a handle on this thing, and uh, it, because it's so hard to to think about, you know. Anyway, coming up next, we have a special treat for you in the last segment of today's podcast. We're going to play the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. This project was the culmination of every host on the Locked On Podcast Network's NFL channel and many of the hosts on the college channel chiming in on players that used to play for their college teams. We have insights from the Draft Network, the host of the Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes, and... It's important to remember this isn't necessarily a predictive. This is us and our colleagues picking the guys that we think the teams should pick on draft day. So there will be trades. There are going to be things that might surprise you because we are not NFL teams. We're doing things our way. Last year, Joe and I traded up and picked Kyler Murray. And if you go back and read on Reddit, the reactions to us trading up for him, they weren't very happy about that. So... We, we're not doing anything so crazy this year. What, what we do is not necessarily a surprise. And like I said, many of you have probably already heard this, but you still want to listen because you get a review of Joe Burrow from the college hosts. You're going to hear what the other NFL teams 
fans and, and experts on those podcasts are thinking. And it started last Friday, April 10th. It finishes up tomorrow, Friday, April 17th. So be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NFL on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss those shows. They're pretty cool. And if you do, just go back in the archive. So without further ado, coming up next, the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They've been playing the game their entire life. From the playground. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm drafting number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. To the university. We have 95 players here. So accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change forever. Become your mom's favorite player? Whoa. This is Locked On NFL, and this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. We will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft. All 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover. Our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick, throughout round one on the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? 
Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the, the electronics or the, or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a, a whole walkthrough, basically, of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in olden in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't <laughs> flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the draft dudes podcast. And let me just tell you as a couple of draft dudes, we are really excited for this locked on podcast network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team and uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close. And this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is when does the offensive tackle run start and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. There's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks. Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro- prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey, everybody, Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? 
Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see – big trade-ups i expect to see surprising picks yep. and that's that's the reality with these when you're controlling just that one team you go and get your guy that's what we see in the league i guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well i'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round because it's just the possibilities are endless we saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast but i mean what other positions are, are big ones quarterback wide receiver probably right well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall. If their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it, or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft? I mean, you answer it, and if someone offers you a godfather-like offer, you consider it, and you still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of ten years. That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. All right. With that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati. Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. With the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily... And without second thought, select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that. And the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly 
to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position, and I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time, and I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top, and you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, how do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All of those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20, 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated. And uh, I, I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy, he does not have a power arm, and that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that, but that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect.
More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection. That was a section from episode one of the NFL Mock Draft special that debuted on April 10th. If you missed any of the episodes, just check out the archive on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week to get into draft prep. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a good one, Bengals fans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.